It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Podcast. Nope, it's the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Close, close. Zach Blackerby here with you. We kind of took the day off yesterday. I'm out of, I'm out of sorts. I'm out of sorts. Zach Blackerby here with you. Painter Sharpless of ESPN 1067 at the controls. Painter, hello. What's up, dude? How are you? I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. I missed you yesterday, and I've missed you on the pod for the last week or so. It's kind of been a, a Painter Sharpless dry spell. You yeah, had a busy week. Which is odd, because this has been the most busy week of Auburn football in probably eight months since they played an actual game. <laughs> oh, so that true. timing yeah. is weird, but wide receivers are back. And then the thing that we've... I'm sure y'all y'all have covered is obviously we now have an answer to the quarterback battle. Yep, yep. And then Michael Pappas of ESPN 106.7 also here. Hello, sir. Hello. Excited to be here. Sweet. I missed you yesterday as well, friends. So I want to admit some faults that I've had. I've, ha- I've had some people reach out to me. I've also uh, had some conversations with some folks. And I think I'm way off on the Gatewood thing. I think I'm way off on the that it was. I, I don't think the battle was as close as I thought it was. Really, I, I I think Bo Nix was significantly better than um, than Joey, um, despite uh, some of the folks I talked to. I, I, it really does seem like, based on you know, I had three separate conversations yesterday with folks um, that were either there or have a lot of access, and, and I just I was wrong. So I, I want to admit fault here, and I think uh, from based based on what I'm hearing now, I mean it was clear clearly Bo Nix should have been the starter. And uh, he he's won it all fall. So I'm admitting fault there. I think part of that, too, you know, it's tough to know sometimes when you're making calls like that because you're hearing different things from different people. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, it is always interesting when you start getting talking points, not even talking points. That makes it sound sort of odd. But when you start getting information and one of the things that I, I at least came down the, the pipe to me was that Bo Nix was able to consistently move the ball throughout fall camp and that he took some really big strides forward from the spring when he was still acclimating with some of his wide receivers. And I think both of those things are important, the consistency of moving the ball and probably that he improved a lot from from the spring. And even the first scrimmage where reports came out that he threw three interceptions, and that still seems to be the case. But even just looking at that scrimmage, just, just the command of the offense, the vocal leadership that he had, it still seems like, despite throwing three interceptions, and you know, Michael, I think you mentioned this one of the last few shows that we did. Some of them possibly being the receiver's fault, but it, it just sounds like even on that day where he threw three interceptions, was responsible for three turnovers, that he was still clear that he was leading the offense more than Joey. And I mean, most of the time when you're wrong, I'll, I'll let you have it, but. This time, I, I kind of feel like before, I don't know, a week ago, a week and a half ago, it, everyone thought it was a, a neck and neck race. And then it kind of seemed like the door opened and all these reports came out that definitely heading into was going to be camp. the guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely and, and heading so, into fall camp. It's, I mean, yeah, it, it, Joey's been the leader ever since this, mm-hmm. this competition has been open. And then in the 11th hour, you start hearing all these rumors about Nick's is about to be named the starter. And then, you know, it, it ended up those rumors being true. It's just... The, the narrative 
all shifted season. Quick. Yeah, all year. I mean, throughout the whole year of 2019 has been Joey Gatewood is going to be the next starting quarterback. Well, really, I feel like it started with, with Deshaun Davis, you know, when he came out during bowl practice and Maybe said, so, this yeah. guy's going to. And, and, you know, there had been some players in bowl practices in the previous couple seasons that stood out, Nick Coe mm-hmm. and Booby Whitlow. And then those guys did become big parts of the team. And so Joey Gatewood had what seemed like one of those similar moments on top of that. The Coach Malzahn did the sort of annoying thing when he said, you know, I guess it was exiting spring, entering fall. Sometime we got a comment that was to the effect of 1A and 1B. Mm-hmm. And so even though I think we all sort of assumed that if it was going to be really close, they'd side with the guy who had a little more experience, even if that experience was really just being on the roster for a year. He must have been hands down better. I think that to go with this move, you have to be pretty confident that he is consistently going to give you the better option. Now, with that said, Will Hastings and Eli Stove were a little bit more telling when we heard from them earlier in the week. Coach Malzahn simply said he wasn't willing or ready to say what Joey Gatewood's role would be, that he would help them win. Will Hastings and Eli Stove took a little further and, and were a little bit more explicit about that. So it does seem like, at least to the team, outwardly, they seem to expect Joey to be a part of this offense one way or the other. Yeah, we'll see. We'll definitely see. And I mean, it, it sounds like the conversation between Malzahn and Gatewood kind of t- trended towards, you know, there's going to be two quarterbacks in the system. And uh, you alluded to what the receivers were saying earlier this year or earlier this week, rather, that, OK, you know, Joey Gatewood's going to play a lot. So that'll be interesting to see how that's implemented as far as, you know, letting Knicks be the leader, then go Joey Gatewood. Joey Jatewood, what? <laughs> uh, see how he's kind of used as this weapon, as this gadget guy. We'll we'll see, we'll see, and uh, obviously, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what it, what Gatewood does moving forward. But you know, I, I don't really want to dive into that a whole lot right now. Okay, that, uh, well then I won't go too far down with this. I guess my point was going to be it was in, it will be fascinating to see what Gatewood does because he was committed to Auburn for so long, mm-hmm. and he seemed really loyal to this coaching staff. And Coach Malzahn has made it clear that he wants Gatewood around because they know if you know if Nick's goes down. They'll have at least, I think, someone that they feel moderately confident in as much as you can moving into the season, but maybe a conversation for a different day. Fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny Lyre in the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years of covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else. Put yourself ahead on draft day and all season long by listening to the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast on your favorite podcast provider. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Our fantasy football draft is tomorrow, and I'm very confident that I'm going to dominate because I've been exclusively binge listening to the Locked On Fantasy Football you feel podcast. Prepared? Vinny knows the stuff, man. I have not done one mock draft, but I've been there's been so much Vinny going into my ears this last week. There's no way I lose. Inject Vinny straight into my veins. Over under 21 and a half mock drafts for you in preparation for Saturday. Over. 
over. Wow. I'll, I'll probably do a few more tonight. Jer- that is amazing. You know, Jeremy, who won our league last mm-hmm. year, he's coming in town. We'll probably do a few more, and I'll probably do one or two more tomorrow morning. So, whoa, I just enjoy it. I enjoy making teams and stuff. So, all right, uh, Michael, you came up with a great idea that we were texting about the other day about having a locked on podcast award show, and I'm like, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Why don't, why, why, don't, why do just the show? Let's roll out a watch list. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. all the other. That's mm-hmm. what all these other. So awards we are, are doing. still, we are still in discussions about what all of the awards are going to be. So if you have any ideas about what our, some of our awards should be, uh, leave a review on iTunes. Wow. Yeah. With uh, with what awards we should give out. Uh, and then tweet us watch lists, or you can leave that as part of your review also. Sure. Yeah. Just reach out to us. Let us know. We'd love the review. It really helps us out a ton. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've listed out a few. And Painter, let's hear your thoughts on this. The LOA uh, listener of the year. I like that one. I think Absolutely. there's a there's a couple folks out there that I think that pop up off the the the, uh, the top of the dome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so Colonel if, Steve is definitely the early leader in the clubhouse yeah, the for uh, for yeah. this one. But if you think if you're out there listing and you think you need to be added to the watch list for the LOA Listener of the Year, let us know. And we Tweet get some us. great feedback. And we you know we a lot of y'all listeners. come up with ideas and we think about it. We read the tweet or whatever uh, the message it is you send our way, and we go, we should have thought of that earlier. So please give us more feedback. Tell us what we can do to make this more interesting. All right. I got a few more guys. I got player okay. of the year. Oh, wow. Yeah, wait, Absolutely. Wait, which yeah. I think, I think that's pretty, that's pretty mm-hmm. straightforward, yeah. but uh, just kind of, you know, off the cuff, you want to throw out a few nominees for the watch list for player of the year this year for Auburn football. Ooh, that is exciting to think about. Michael, I'm going to defer here. I'll toss out Derek Brown right off the bat. Yeah. yeah. That seems like a, uh, a good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Offense. Who are you going with offensively? Definitely your guy, Seth Williams. Okay. And, uh, I'll, you know, Booby Whitlow could end up being... The opportunities seem to be mm-hmm. there for that guy. And I'll What about his, uh, his guy, Sean Shivers? Is he, is he going to get enough opportunity to make a splash? Shake him, Sean. I think definitely he's, possible. I'll he's put definitely him on the a watch fan list. favorite. I don't know yeah. if he'll have the same level of touches that... He's, he's deserving of a watch list nomination. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I'm going to throw out uh, Noeg Benogany. Okay. I'm gonna go uh, Nick Coe. I know that's not exactly a uh, that's not going out on a on a limb or anything. One of the most athletic guys on the team, but no, nothing wrong with that though. What about uh, in that in that secondary? I know Daniel Thomas has, has become a fan favorite. Also, you just mentioned another defensive mm-hmm. back. Is there anyone else that uh, I think you could probably make a case for another defensive back? Uh, if I had to pick another DB, I'm going Javaris. Okay, we want to add him to the watch list. Sure. Okay. Experience um, makes sense. Very athletic. So this is player of the year. Can we define player of the year? Is this best player? Is this most valuable player? This is most the locked on player Auburn player of the year. So it's the LOA player of the year. And what, what exactly does that mean? I think it's up for the votes. You know what I mean? That's how you interpret it. Are we almost certainly going to go with an offensive guy if it's not Derek Brown? Well, no, Igbenogany's not on offense and I love him. Okay, that's fair. That's a good point. <laughs> Because like I feel like these uh, are, these awards tend to trend toward the we, offensive. Should we, player. should we break it up? Should we go offensive player of the year and defensive player? Of we the could year? go. So is it fair? Is to get, it best player or most valuable player to the team? We could have an MVP. Because you could argue that as, I guess, as we have that Tega is the most valuable player on offense, but I doubt he's going to win player of the year. It's just not a flashy enough position. That's probably that's true. What about yeah? Because I'm thinking of another like 2013. Like the best player on the team was probably 
was would it have been just simply based on draft stock another offensive player but like most people would have said the difference that year was Nick Marshall plopping in on that team mm-hmm. but in terms of being best I don't know if and it, and like I know that I've been a Nick Marshall defender but I'm just saying like yeah, that's kind of what you Michael's, I love Nick Marshall right what, what Michael's pointing out is sometimes the the guys that our best tend to be the ones we think of, I guess, with NFL potential or talent. And, Let's well, make and, it best. Okay. okay. And we could say that, you know, for that team, the player of the year could have been Nick Marshall on offense, but the most valuable could have been Trey Mason. All right. So if you have any nominations for the LOA player of the year, or if you think we should break it up, let us know. I'm at Z Blackerby on Twitter. He's at Couch Potato. Patriots at, at Paint Sharpless. And the show is at Locked On Auburn. We got any other categories that are just jumping out of your your skull right now. I feel like we should have a, uh, a locked on Auburn, like favorite player of the year, okay. maybe uh, or most interesting player. Someone like that, a guy who might not be, you know, the best player on the team, but a guy that we have just like loved watching, loved covering, loved talking about. Most, interesting most player, improved. I like and Ooh, I feel like it may okay. come improved. along the offensive line, just based on what we're hearing. We'll see if that progress really That's comes through, but it seems if I had to guess based on the way they have talked about the offensive line, it will be someone from that interior newcomer. Yeah, I think so. There should be some young guys that contribute. I think that's a really good one. Yeah, and we could or even like JJ Wilson, a graduate transfer, is not a younger player, but may have an impact. I think that's your early favorite. And I think you could uh, expand it a little bit, not just to be new on the team, but maybe new to performing. Yeah, we could open it up a little bit if we needed to. You know, sure. so you could say like Matthew Hill, not technically new to the team, but didn't, didn't really have play a last, last year. year. Right. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. What about uh, just play of the year? Definitely. Okay. There's got to okay. be. There's got even if Auburn ends up having a disappointing season, there has to be something this year that that gets Auburn fans excited. What would it have been in 2017? Was there a? Excuse me, 2018. Pardon me, not 2017. 2018. Last year's season. A, a disappointing season, hmm. but there still had to have been something that sticks out in terms of an entertaining or impressive play. Maybe it was even something on special teams. The block punts come to mind. Mm-hmm. Or something from the Purdue. I mean, Darius Slayton had a ridiculous game, but like I don't know. Is there? Oh, I, speak of the devil. Did you see he caught a pass last night? I did not. It looked good too. Yeah, it was wild. I saw because you DM'd it. I to couldn't me. believe it. Couldn't believe he caught it. And then in the same game, Carl Lawson like kills Daniel Jones. Yeah, that yeah, was crazy. Maybe. That was crazy. Um, Darius Slayton though, he ran the only route. He knows how to run a nine. He ran straight, but boy, did he do it. Boy, did he do it. Good body control. It was a great catch. I mean. Yeah. Kind of contorted his body him a hard in the time, air. but that that was no, it was great. Was the great New York catch. Giants uniforms are clean, but their throwbacks are just incredible. You love them, big fan. I'm cool. That, that was talking jerseys. <laughs> big fan. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Give me the late '80s. What about like a moment of the year? Okay, like a moment where kind of like all of your if it clicks or like I think last year yeah. was either the end of the LSU game or sometime in that Mississippi State game where it was like this season is going to be disappointing for what the team had entering. Yeah, I was going to say I think, I think the moment of the year might have been Sal Canelo's touchdown catch against Washington last season. Yeah, the hype never got higher. Yeah. That was that was the crescendo <laughs> first drive of the season. A guy who had a disappointing year the season before. It's like oh they're really going to use him and mm. then. That was that was what it was a good catch. I will I will say that. And then uh, the hair on the in the fan afterward just blowing right gracefully. What about uh, Sean Shiver's long run in the Iron Bowl? That was until, called back for until, a phantom hole until hold. we realized uh, <laughs> there was a flag on the ground. I think that was a pretty great moment. It was it yeah. was impressive, and I, I'm even more impressed that the referees managed to find a hold. 
Yeah. How about... Uh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. How about like a listener tweet or listener interaction of the year? Okay. I'm all about involving the listener, so I'm cool with it. So, I think mine's going to be from a totally different show. Uh, last year's after the game, during the Mississippi or after the Mississippi State loss, Scotty the Bags Bagman Bagwell the bag man. was in a shouting match with uh, a caller. Scott was in the right for what it's worth. Uh, He's very passionate. However, though. he did not back down, nor did the likely. Um, intoxicated caller it was radio gold i don't think i heard that bagwell <laughs> it was great you have to believe me just believe me oh cool all right uh any other do we want to throw any other categories out there right now how we, many awards do we have right now one, two, three, four, can we five, can we make a do we i guess we've already made our our predictions but i guess whatever like an over under of sorts have we done that yet this isn't really an award by the way because I think the team's the going nine and three. So, like, what would be this eight and eight and a half? Is that the the best over under? Because it seems like a lot of people are split on eight and nine this year for the I, team. I, I'm going eight and four. I think very plausible. I think I'm going eight and four with losses to LSU, Georgia, Florida, and Alabama. I don't know why I set them in that order because that's not the order they're playing in. I liked it. Um, the the pick there I'm least confident on is. There's two. I think Auburn's got a good chance to beat Georgia and a good chance to beat LSU. I'm just really weird about the fact that you know, for some reason they can't win in Baton Rouge anymore. I also think part of that Georgia-Alabama game depends on how the season's going. Like if they're whatever, they have one loss going into the Georgia game or less. I would take Auburn to that. Yeah, yeah, suddenly it feels like that's not too far off from the 2017 season. Mm-hmm. And in that year they had two losses going into that one. So – if, if they've lost, you know, if, if, I, I guess I feel like if they're in the hunt for the SEC West, that Georgia and Alabama game get a lot more entertaining. You're making a weird face. What, what you thinking, man? Um, I actually have three questions for you guys. Two of them are slightly off topic. Okay. Um, also answer, coming up, a, a brief interview with Tommy Tuberville. The first to answer your question, I think they're going to go over. I, I think that this is going to be... Um, a, a very good season for Auburn football. I really believe in this team. And I've decided that uh, Bo Nix is the real deal. I, I mean, one of these things that's kind of happened in this last week is we kind of missed the fact that a true freshman just walked onto campus and won the starting job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and at a Power 5, I mean, I guess not powerhouse, but I mean, a team that's certainly in that upper echelon. I mean, that, that's something we do not... Tua didn't even do that. So... Trevor I, Lawrence didn't even I, do that. I think Tom Green, an FOP, tweeted out that he was going through a lot of stuff. And Bo Nix will be the first quarterback in the SEC to start in the season opener since 2004. As a true freshman? As a true freshman. Do you remember I mean, what team it was? I don't know if Tom said in that tweet. Let me go look while you're talking. So, I just... like. I feel like kind of lost in this whole shuffle where people are like, well, why didn't Joey win it? And yeah, you kind of feel bad for Joey, but you know, Bo Nix could just be that good. And so I've decided that uh, Bo Nix is that good. I'm all in on Bo Nix. I'm now a Bo Nix stan. Don't really know what that means, but uh, I'm Bo Nix's staunchest defender now. If they can get through that A&M game 4-0, I think that the season is there's a high chance it's an excellent season. I know that mm-hmm. could be a big if, especially 
considering what maybe I'm a little bit lower on Texas A&M than, than the average person is this season. But, it, you know, even three and one, I think, after that A&M game, as long as they can take care of business against Mississippi State, which I don't think you can take for granted based on some of the, the previous matchups in last year's game. But uh, I, I think if if Auburn can just be 4-0 after that Texas A&M game, they tend to, to really click after the first month of football and some of Malzahn's best seasons. It was Brent Schaefer. Okay. Ole Miss. Sounds about right. All right. Yeah. Question even like number years ago. the name even was perfect. He could have played quarterback for Ole Miss or shortstop for Ole Miss. Both of them would have been acceptable. Yeah, you're right. Number one. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Uh, this weekend, tomorrow, is the start of the college football season with week zero. Okay. Yes. yes. Florida is in a similar position as Auburn. They're playing in a very major neutral site, kind of neutral site uh, at a conference game. They yeah. won 10 games the year before, mm-hmm. albeit they didn't go to the SEC. Cha- Wait, didn't they? No, they were, they were terrible the year before that. It was a couple of seasons. It's weird to me they went to the championship two years in a row and just got absolutely smoked, but yeah, proceed. So Florida, I feel like this is a huge tone setter for Florida's season. They could come out against Miami, win by 35, and everyone will be like, wow, this Florida team's the real deal. They could come out, slip up, and lose this game, and people will be like, there goes Florida's season. That's how I feel about this game. Florida's, I think, favored by seven. Um, however, when Auburn goes and plays Oregon, I feel like you can make a lot of the same arguments. If Auburn comes out and loses this game, you know, people are going to get really low on Auburn, but if they come out and, you know, dominate, people will get really high on them. I don't feel like that. I feel like if Auburn slips up and doesn't win this game against Oregon, they'll, you know, they could still survive. They could still have a very, very good season. So I guess my question is kind of, am I in a bubble or it? Are these games more different than I than I I guess I see them? I think you're right about that being a narrative. And I think that's the way a lot of people are going to feel if they win big. People will feel validated that this step from year one to year two has been a success with Mullen. I think it's really too early to know. I think if they lose people, you're right, will say, ah, see, they just won some close games last year. They, you know. I think they are in a similar position as Auburn in that they're replacing four or five guys along their offensive line, so they're really inexperienced up front. They lost some guys on the defensive line as well. So, you know, I mean, anytime you're doing a big rebuild in the trenches, it's often tough. They do have probably an argument to make about having the best secondary in all of college football. I'm, I, I kind of feel like that's something that's going to happen that people are going to say, depending on which way it goes, and I think that it's just too early to know. Like I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this Florida team because I still think that their talent is significant enough, uh, significantly far enough behind Georgia that that Georgia should win the East. But a lot of people, I think, think it's pretty close, and so that that first game will be a tone setter. I just think it's going to be a knee jerk reaction in the wrong way, regardless of the outcome. I think people need to give Florida half a season to really know. 
I also think them playing in week zero and being the first legit game of this season, I think they're going to kind of get a bump in hype, whoever wins this game. I, I think they're a lot more talented than Miami is, just kind of based on the way I've looked at it. And as far as comparing their opener to Auburn's, I think both of the teams playing in Arlington have a chance to go to the college football playoff. I don't think that's the case for Florida and Miami. And I think this will be a pretty not unlike Auburn and Washington's game. I think it's going to be kind of a sloppy affair between Miami and Florida. And so I think if Florida wins it and the hype is big, I just say hold like hold up. Any team that has to replace that much on the offensive and defensive line, I think regardless win or lose, Florida's going to get too much credit or too much hate for, for mm-hmm. the outcome. All right, second question. This one is a little more broad than just Auburn. But um, – is it possible that the Big 12 has the, the best quarterbacks in, in the country? Because uh, I they feel have like... for the past couple of years. Is Bo Nix in the Big 12? N- no. <laughs> All right, I'm uh, just asking. I just... I feel like they've slowly snuck up and have... I mean, they go like six, seven, eight deep with like elite quarterbacks. Yeah, I think maybe they have the case for the most. And, and I think about Trevor Lawrence, and I just don't know if there's anyone better than Trevor or Tua. And, and, and I, then, but like, if you're talking about, I don't, I can't name another quarterback in the ACC for what that's worth. Mm-hmm. I can name the guys in the SEC for the most part. However, there's really only a couple. Like, and the two I'm thinking of are Jake Fromm and Tua. It's like I know they will be great this year. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I think there are some guys with the potential to be great, but I'm not positive it will happen. And so, to your point, who are some of the guys you're thinking I mean, of in, in that Big conference 12, that that really it's like they're going to have good seasons just about no matter yeah, so what? So this is kind of kind of the third question is: Is it possible that Jalen Hurts is like the fifth best quarterback in the Big Twelve? I mean, the Big Twelve's got Jalen Hurts at OU, Sam Ellinger at Texas, um, Alan Bowman at Texas Tech, who was I believe either a true freshman or redshirt freshman last year and had a good season and kept getting injured. Uh, Charlie Brewer at Baylor is very good. Where's Sam Ellinger at? Texas. Um, All right, what's your third question? Iowa State. <laughs> Iowa State uh, has Brock Purdy. I mean, this is the Big Twelve is just so the 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 depth at quarterback is just beyond me. I mean, everyone. It's possible that Jalen Hurts is the third best. Who's quarterback your favorite quarterback in that you just his conference? Off. My favorite. Mm-hmm. In what context? Like to win games? Like who would I want to win one game? Just who's your favorite? Um, probably Bo Nix because he's the best in the whole country. No, from the ones you just listed from the Big Twelve. Um, Austin Kendall from West Virginia. Okay, All don't right. don't you think that Jalen? You know, you think about his freshman year being the SEC Offensive Player of the Year, and, and he was surrounded. So people will point to the fact that well, he was on the best team, Painter. So mm-hmm. like he didn't have to be amazing; he just needed to be good, and he was. And because everyone around them is so talented, he was naturally good. But isn't that also what he's stepping into with Oklahoma's offense and Lincoln yeah. Riley as his play caller? So I feel like whether or not you think he's just a good player or you think he is an elite player at the college level, he is a, surrounded by elite talent and a great coach. And so I think no matter what, his performance will look similar. I think Jalen Hurts could win the Heisman Trophy and be like the third or fourth best quarterback in the Big 12, much less the country. I agree with you. What's your third question? That was it, If is if you thought Jalen Hurts was – could win gotcha. the Heisman Trophy as the third or fourth. What made best you think of those questions? Uh, I was listening to a different college football show, and they were talking about the Big Twelve. This is and the only college got, football show you can listen to, man. This is the only one I listen to about Auburn. 
Okay. Um, actually, enough. I got like an hour and a half into this other podcast, and they finally started talking about the SEC, and they get to Auburn, and the guy was like, well, the fastest guy on their campus is one of their this like little white receiver that they've got who just tore his ACL. And then like five seconds later, he was like, Will Hastings. And I was like, that was 18 months ago, and he's not the fastest wide receiver on like e- even close. Like, Hashtag it was, like, quicker than fast. I was just – I was this kind of thing that was like – I don't know. It's like, I guess it's like, I it, I couldn't tell if it was Auburn bias that I was upset because it's like, you know, this is my, where I went to college and stuff. Right. Or if I was just like, like, you're just wrong. And I don't like listening to people who are wrong. So. All right. So uh, I added another category to the Locked On uh, Auburn Podcast Awards. Best, Go on. Best nickname. Oh, okay. That right. seems, that seems very fair. It's yeah. going to be downhill, Brett. Are you I sure don't it's know, not Chainsaw McLean? Yeah. Chainsaw McLean's got a chance, man. You guys are haters. <laughs> It's definitely downhill, Brett. Painter, where can people find you and hear you, bud? I'm at Paint Sharpless. Check out the lunch break with Justin Ferguson and me from 11 to 1 on ESPN 106.7, ESPNAU.com, the ESPN 106.7 app. Pappas? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. You can listen to me in eight days on After the Game. Yes. uh, Live from Skybar. I'm very excited. Yeah, you should be, man. I'm Black Zacherby. (laughs) I'm Zach Blackerby, and uh, please follow me on Twitter at ZBlackerby. Follow the show at Locked On Auburn, and tweet at us any other categories for the Locked On Auburn Podcast Awards, as well as nominations for any category that we listed or category that you want to bring to the table. We'll be back on Monday. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.